Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. All you beautiful people out there, welcome back to P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin. It is that bewitching hour, so you know what that means. This program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on like a Mack truck through that proverbial chocolate ice cream, then check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's chat. I am Desiree Fletcher Carruthers, and my soon-to-be-joining us co-host, co-hostess with the mostest, Kaylin, lend me your ear. Patterson will be joining us here shortly. Um, I hope you guys have been having a blessed week. I know on a Tuesday show, I can't believe it's Thursday already, and the weekend is almost here. You know, we were talking about some pretty heavy stuff, just kind of state of the union, what's going on, um, not COVID-related for once. I bet you guys never thought that we would get uh, off of that topic, and it uh, just took just took another crisis to uh, in discussion on the uh, current crises, but um, you know, just a lot of racially charged things going on in the world right now, and uh, we were discussing that and the reasons for said said emotions and behaviors, and just what what was this really all about? And I know that at one point in the uh, program, I had asked Kaylin a question as to you know, if we thought that racism was the problem or was it the symptom to a bigger problem? And where I was going with that is hate. Um, You know, hate is a trigger. It's a prime emotion that drives so many ugly things in the world today, along with other, um, you know, I guess, emotions, character flaws, if you will, some of them, depending on how they're exhibited, such as pride, malice, um, arrogance, all of those things, they all seem to stem from the same place. And, uh, you know, I'd also ask, you know, where is the love? And we, and we didn't really get into that too much because there was just so much that we were unpacking in that conversation and we, we got carried away to another area. But I'm, I'm going to kind of bring us back to that area Today, because I just feel like after so much distress and heaviness and things going on, that sometimes you just need to lighten up just a little bit, just to keep perspective and not to get carried away in all of the negative emotions that are going on. I'm not saying there's not a place for those, but if you dwell in that area too long mentally and emotionally, it starts to change you from the person that maybe you once were. And maybe you aren't always an angry person. You're not always a negative person. You're not always a hopeless person. You're a hope-filled person. And uh, when you feel those emotions that are the opposite, you know, of all of those things, um, if you dwell there too long, then that becomes you. And I personally am ready for just a little, a little uplifting, a little uplifting. So hopefully tonight's show will provide something of that. So 
since I had raised the question of hate, um, whether that's a symptom or that's the actual problem of a lot of our societal problems today, I want to talk about the antithesis of hate, and that is love. So, you know, hopefully you guys are ready for a love fest on P4P Real Talk because that's what is flowing over the airwaves tonight. And I'm hopeful that uh, you will join join us, join me for the moment, joining us ultimately, and uh, that, that you know, you can get a little uplifting going on in your life, and uh, maybe that love will overflow out of your cup onto someone else who could use some uplifting too. So virtual hugs, smiles, kisses, all of that great stuff, but then let's get down to the nitty-gritty. So love it's a mysterious thing. Some of us think we know it. Some of us have no idea. It drives some of us crazy. Some of us are longing for it. Some of us are rebounding from it. It's just one of those amazing things. But it is, I mean, it is the end all be all. Um, Biblically speaking, it is like the law to love your brother like you love yourself. That is the law that trumps every other law in the Bible. And if we could just follow that, we wouldn't have a lot of the chaos that we're experiencing right now to love your brother the way you love yourself. And we are all brothers and, um, and sisters. And so that, uh, if, if that just doesn't sum it up, I don't know what does. But uh, speaking of love, Kaylin Patterson the Bible says there are four kinds of love, and then uh, Dr. Gary Chapman summed it up and said that there are actually five love languages. So I thought uh, I thought we might chat about that tonight. Hey, why not? We need to talk about and love. We need to talk about love. Can't buy me love. Isn't that what the Beatles said? Can't buy me love. Yes, it is. And uh, and Hart said. Uh, what about love? That's yeah. right. And Tina Turner said, what's love got to do with it? Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, basically, and basically, love has everything to do with it. So, so let me tell you, love, four kinds of love listed in the Bible. And I just, I just want to share what these four kinds of love are. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Dr. Gary Chapman's five love languages and whatever else we can get into. And you know what? Dr. Martin Luther King had a lot to say about love. So we're, we're, just, we're just going to kind of be all over the love map tonight. So when I said get ready for a love fest, this is a love fest. So four Greek words that communicate a different, a different type of love that are used in the Bible. And they are, do you know what any of those are, Kaylin? Off the top of your head, can you list any of them? I hope one of them is agape. Yep. Agape is the first one on my list, and it is like the like the love. Like the best way to understand agape love is to think of it as the type of love that comes from God. Like agape is divine love, which makes it perfect. It's pure, it's self-sacrificing. When the Bible says that God is love, that's agape love. That's that kind of love. Like That's like the ultimate kind of love. So Kaylin gets points for that one. Um, another kind of, yay, bam, 
Um, there's another kind of love, and it's called um, Storm Day. Bam! <laughs> it's called, if I'm pronouncing it right, it's called Storge, but it's it's spelled S-T-O-R-G-E, but it's Storge. And this is the kind of love that's like familial love. It's like that easy, that natural love between parents and their kids, and sometimes siblings, but mostly um, it's just that self-reliant, steady love that's always there, that endures. And I say that knowing that not all families experiencing that, but that's the kind of familial love that it's talking about. So you have agape love, and that's that's divine love, perfect love. You have storge, and that's familial love. And then there's filio, not to be confused with figaro, figaro, figaro. figaro. So it's filio. <laughs> there it is. It's filio. And so this kind of love describes an emotional connection that goes beyond acquaintances or can casual friendships. So it's a deeper level of connection. Um, it's not as deep as the story, Jay, um, but it's not quite romantic either. It's just like a really powerful bond that you have in like community, close-knit groups, like that kind of love. And then so it's, it's like a, a really deep friendship kind of love, like your best mm-hmm. friend kind of love. And then there's eros, and that, Uh-oh. can you guess what that's, this, this kind of love is? Uh-oh. I know. <laughs> this is the kind of love, it's eros is the Greek term that describes romantic or sexual love. And it was originally connected with the goddess Eros of Greek mythology. Yes. So this portrays mm-hmm. passion and intensity and that kind of love, that kind of just raw emotion. So you have agape love, storge, filio, and Eros. So that, that covers the gamut. Pure, perfect love, familio love in your family, love with your friends, and then that bomb chicka wah wow kind of love. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm not touching that one, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling hey, the love, brother. I'm just, I'm just, those are the kinds of love. So now when you're like, hey, this is my boy Dexter, I love him. That's a filial mm. love right there, bro. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. It just means he's your bestest bro. You love him. That's that's, that's what that means. That's right. So, now, so all kinds of love that you can feel there. Yes, go ahead. Uh, where does lust feel in, feel in, in, in any of that? Well, lust is not love. It's just I that know. it's lust. You can, yes. It doesn't fit in there because it's not love. You can lust after that's a good right. number of things. And you can lust after, you know, women or men, but that doesn't mean you love them. You just like what you see physically, and it does something for you. But it has been very confused with those kinds of love. Yeah, it is confused because people people mistake lust for love, but it's not the same. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. Especially that eros. Especially that eros. And, you know, biblically speaking, that's probably reserved for married couples. 
Yep. If if we're going to go down that rabbit hole. So if that helps you to differentiate a little bit, but that's, that's what it is. And, you know, sometimes that's why marriages just don't, you have people that fall in lust with each other and they think it's love and then they get married and they find out, yeah, we're not even friends much more love each other. So, Hey, so choose your mates white wisely and understand your emotions the best you can because it's tough. This love thing is tough, Kaylin. That's why it must be tough because why else would we get it so wrong in so many ways throughout the world in our own personal lives? True. But, I yeah, mean, if know, we had more filial love, if we had more filial love or even agape love, Agape. We agape love. Let's just stick with agape love. That um, the world wouldn't be as ugly as it is. It just wouldn't be. But here, so listen to this. I got to share. I got to share some stuff from Dr. Martin Luther because, of course, you know Uh when it comes Uh to equal rights and just all things that are currently still be fighting for fighting for, that we're still fighting for. They're being fought we for. We can fought for it. I know. Well, I mean, we can fighting for it, too, because I'm going to have my own dictionary by the time this is all over. Um, yes, you will. He, has, he had a lot to say about it. And this one, this one really strikes me. He says, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. There you go. And, and I think that just says so much because he refused to believe that the ugly side of life wins. And if you have unarmed truth and unconditional love, that's what's going to win. And I feel like that's what we have to we have to get back to somehow, some way. Or get back to it. Maybe we've never even been there. We're just still trying to but get we've there. We've been there. We've been there. And All right, I, then. I, it, it, I have to laugh at, at times when it's so forgotten that we forget that we actually were headed that way. And then you know, we got derailed, but the neighbors were neighborly. Um, you know, I, I I look at our childhood, at my childhood, you, you know, and a lot of us uh, go back to that and from the terrace where we say SRT because it, it's, it's a place that's near and dear to our heart. But it wasn't like everybody thinks it's a place. I said, no, it was a family. I said, it was an environment of agape love and everybody was looking out for everybody. And, you know, the the best example I can show you is when Mr. Lockett had passed, when he uh, had, uh, passed away from COVID. And, you know, we had to space things out for the funeral, but everything was done within regulation, but everyone was there. So, like, it looked like the whole town was part of the funeral, and basically just we were just parking enough where we could pay our respects as the, the hearse drove by. So... You know, how many times do you see something like that nowadays, that kind of connection and connected kind of love? Because everyone was there for him. It wasn't, you know, got to be seen dressing up or trying to show up or show out. 
it was all for him because of what he had done for us in our lives and our youth. And that's where we need to be as a, as a, as a nation where, I mean, everybody's not going to like everybody. I understand that. Not all people are going to agree with everything that's going on, but you know, democracy was built around compromise and we seem to have lost that talent. And I think I touched on that uh, with the civics, you know, the further we get away from civics, the further we get away from being civil and we can get it back. It's just understanding that you should know your neighbor. I know there's plenty of people that don't know who lives next door to them. And many people don't want to engage simply because they don't want to care. And caring is a lost start. So, you know, it's like there are moral steps that we've taken to regress from the humanitarian ways that we were growing into. But the love is still there. I mean, you look at everyone doing an outcry for love. They really have a heart to do it. They just don't remember how it's supposed to happen because, like you said, lust has invaded love, and cheating is normal now. You know what I mean? Where, you know, girl, you better get your new man because this one ain't no good. And, And that's it. There's no repercussion from it. There's no you know, hurt, there's no guilt. It's just on to the next one. And and that's a moral regression from the love that we have in our hearts until it's been desensitized to the point where the value of it is no longer there. But we can bring value back. I mean, like everybody wants a strong dollar. Well, you can have a strong love as soon as you start weeding out all the lust and uh, distractions from love that get in the way. Love, Love is a beautiful thing and I mean like I I was telling one of the members you know because she was saying you never talked about uh, the lockdown and I said well it was too it was just too hard for me and she said well why would it be hard for you you know you're you're the smiling guy you're active you're doing this that whatever I said well nobody looked at what was happening because I'm losing my church family and my gym family all at once so there yep. was a, a, a great void that had been created. And instead of basically, you know, crying about it, because, you know, the scripture says that in all things and in all situations, we're supposed to be content. You find your time with God. So whatever time I was looking <clears throat> to speak to people, I would pray to God. And we, we, we got a much deeper connection because I had lost some of my way by giving so much time to people, not saying that's a bad thing. I'm losing time with him because I'm looking to spend more time with people. So he said, you know, all right, pull on a rope, pull up, you know, rein it in and see what we've been missing because, you know, you're looking for someone else to share the word of God. Well, if you're not sharing time with me, how much word of God are you going to be sharing with anyone else with any kind of effectiveness if I'm not uh, loving with that agape love for him and I? You know what I mean? So, you know, it was a good reminder, and I, I use that time well. But I, I've been more than overjoyed to be back, but I am remembering that his time is paramount. Like you were saying, if we're not if we're not fully loving, then we're doing a fool's love, which is lust. And I don't want to be that guy. I, I want to be a witness for him, and I want to speak on his behalf with the consistency of doing his will. And uh, I mean, like, right now we can see the people who are basically frauds because they're so 
angry that they don't even realize what they're saying until two or three days later. And, you know, even though they might reach out and apologize because they really do regret the hurt that they've caused, there's some damage that needs to be healed, and that takes time. So their witness and their testimony is now tainted. So, you know, Mm. if we don't become stronger in the word and stronger in the love that you're speaking, then we do tend to hurt people much more often than we even understand. It is true. It is true. I um and people people interpret love and give love in different ways and that's part of what we're going to to talk about today, but Kaylin just has the crux of the matter at hand and and we just need to practice practice A loving ourselves and loving one another more. And uh, before we move on to the five love like I mean love language, there are just so many great quotes. I mean Dr. Martin Luther King had to have been talking about love in every other speech because he just has so much content out there dealing with the concept um, and the practice of love. Uh, Here's one more. Violence as a way of achieving racial justice is both impractical and immoral. It is impractical because it is a descending spiral ending in destruction for all. It is immoral because it seeks to humiliate the opponent rather than win his understanding. It seeks to annihilate rather than to convert. Violence is immoral because it thrives on hatred rather than love. Love being the, the driving force there. He also says, I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. So he's repeating himself here. This is why right this is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. So there you go. Even though right may temporarily seem like it is on the losing side, it'll always be stronger than evil in the end. And that is something you can take to the bank. Um Real quick, he also says, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Um, And he says, I've decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. And, Kaylin, I know I've seen that um, posted on your Facebook page before. It stays there. Um, And it stays there. Um, Also, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Yep. And so I think as a follow-up to Tuesday's show, just to tie up my thoughts on the subject of hate and love, that at the end of the day, if you can bring yourself to focus on love versus hate, I feel like as a people, as a person, as a nation, we can be far more productive in our endeavors even though there are a lot of people out there that are saying, nobody's been listening, nobody's been listening. But you know what? Dr. Martin Luther King had a solid platform on love and people listened. It can be done. Mm-hmm. We may not be Dr. Martin Luther King. I mean, he was, you know, he's not a person that probably can be replicated ever. No. But we can have characteristics like him. Well, and, and, um, because he looked to God for all his behaviors and mannerisms. So that means we can still have that model and practice the same practices. 
I guess is where I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. And that's all well, I you know, say it, about that. It's, it's amazing that we can see the greatness in others, but don't take that greatness into ourselves to share with the others that don't see his greatness. If they can see it through you, then that's enough. And, you know, this is what God has been telling us all the time. You know, you, you are my witness. You are my testimony. You are the word shared from me. And we're supposed to be stewards of that understanding. We're supposed to be living witnesses, consistent living witnesses. Our, our bad days are still filled with a joy that this world doesn't understand. And we should be under that spectrum of light all the time. We are the salt of the earth. And, I mean, there's so many examples of where we are supposed to be in this world. And it's not hard to do something that you've been gifted with. It's incredibly hard when you try to take someone else's gift and make it your own. And that's where we see people failing. And, I, I mean, it, the lusting and the coveting, of others' gifts never improves ours. Never, ever. And we become bitter at times. We become angry and frustrated at times. And the love that we have in our hearts is buried for a temporary time. We can get out of that thinking. Like you said, if we think, live, and act in love, then all of that hatred has to go. You cannot bury hatred and think it's going to be a good thing. It's going to sprout at the worst times. But if we stay in love, and I know not everyone who listens to our show, you know, believes in God. I get it. But if you start walking that walk, I've seen people post some beautiful memes and never live it one day. I've seen people share some, uh, just some foundational truths, but never think to apply it for themselves. At some point, we have to realize that it is us. We are the change. We are the mm-hmm. love. We are the people that can make the change in love if we just do it the right way. And uh, if we stop confusing lust with love, if we stop compu- confusing uh, good-natured people to people that we can depend on, because God said we're supposed to depend on him, period. There is no in-between. We are supposed to look to him. If he grants us presence, being people that, you know, enrich our lives, then we thank him. I mean, you can you know, tell the person, great job, and I really appreciate all you've done, but thank God for you. There, we can give him the glory. We can give him the praise. And in doing so, we are free of all stress, all worry, all doubt. And the things that we do are for him in his name. And then you start feeling love because you never have to own something that was never yours, only something that you can share. Because we try to take too much on and we bury ourselves in a life that we shouldn't even have. And it gets in the way of actually loving others. I've heard people tell, and I was one of them, I I always joke about the the TV show. I was okay until it was almost 7 o'clock, but now you're getting on my nerves because i got to get home supernatural. Got to watch. (laughs) 
you got to <laughs> shut your mouth because I got to be headed out the door. And I said, look at how I changed because the distraction of lusting after a TV show got in the way of loving a human being wanting to have a conversation between humans. I was very ashamed standing had come to me, but it had taken some time for it to fully invest itself in me to show me the conviction that I'm not being a child of God in those times. It happens, but I'm not going to sit there and shame myself not to improving, you know, where we say, no. well, you know, this sucks. I, I messed up and man, I'll never figure it out. Now, I'm not going to say those things. I got, I'll do better tomorrow. Yep. I mean, and, and that's and that's the crux of yep. <laughs> that's the crux <laughs> of the matter. I mean, I know we we sit here and talk about these things, and you know, there are probably people out there that are like, well, I know that you don't do that perfectly. You're darn right, I don't do it perfectly. I have a temper times, and I have to work on it. I have to work on it mm-hmm. quite a bit, and uh, you know, and it's in there's intentional time, unintentional times where. You know, we are disrespectful, inconsiderate, unloving. We don't mean to be, but it happens. This is not mm-hmm. you. It's not you do or you do not, as Yoda would say. There is no try. Yes. You Sometimes you have to try. You have to practice. It doesn't come right. naturally. For some people it does. It's those people that are happy all the time. They always want to hug you, kiss, love, never have a crossword ever. And you're like, and, and, and you either envy them or they get on your nerves because you're like, oh, here she comes again. Go on, try and cheer somebody up. Lord, heaven help me that I don't tell her off. You know, it's that kind of thing. And so it, it's it's not innate for the vast majority of us. It's just not. And, you know, they say love is a universal language, and I did, but why are we so bad at it? Why are we so bad at speaking the language? I just wonder we are because we have to practice. <laughs> you know, right. you invest in Rosetta Stone to learn Spanish or whatever language you want to learn. If there were a Rosetta Stone for love, which I guess there kind of is in the Bible, there we is. have to practice it. We have to study it. Right. We have to be intentional about it. Some of it comes naturally, but by by far, it it does not. It does not. And so... Um, and and we yeah we got to work on it day in and day out and and we express it in different ways and we receive love in different ways and so you know that's the book um, the five love love languages by uh, Dr Gary Chapman and I know that this book is targeted towards couples but um, you know there's actually a five love languages quiz for single people couples children. Um, just so you can try to get a grip on, you know, just because I like to show love, just, yeah, just because I like to show love in a diff- in a certain way doesn't mean that everybody else around me, um, you know, interprets that as being loved. They just don't. <laughs> and I like to receive love in a certain way, but that doesn't mean that my husband wants to be loved in that way. And sometimes that's tough because, we like to, or maybe I can't, I guess I can't speak for us all, so let me rephrase that. I like to, and I know this, I want to love somebody the way that I want to be loved. Yes. Because that's how well, I did it, so that's how I feel it should be done. 
What did you say, KP? Because the thing that we learned in psychology is to show the love that you desire. And then if the person really understands what you're doing, they will reciprocate it. Because this is the learning of love. Like you said, if we're not applying it, and because and you, you know, it, uh, Dr. Joe said something on the show Tuesday, and I said, well, we got to have another show about that because then we got to map it out. Because we can say one thing, like, like I remember when my math teacher, I was terrible at math when I first started until I learned the game of pool, and I know that's strange. I didn't have a clue about math. It never, because of my dyslexia, numbers were just garbled gibberish. And so it made no sense. But the one day I figured out the game of pool, all of it started to make have relevance to, to my brain. And it was mapped out step by step. But, boy, I really had to focus. It was not an easy thing, and I struggled mightily. But if we keep our focus on what we are hurting at the most, we will improve best in that area because it's getting our complete focus. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but if you start mapping out the way to improve, it will happen because now your focus is on a goal. And that goal can be attained because it's focusing everything in you to improve. And that's how we get better in love. And, and, and we have to sit there. When you tell people, I need you to be able to look them in the eye and say it, because we are ashamed to say that word. We've gotten so far away from truly loving people, you'll tell them and the people will laugh because it's an uncomfortable feeling. You either look away or you laugh. And I said, what, what an odd place to be in life or when you're being honestly sincere and your, the response for the person that you said it to looks away and laughs because it's such an or, unnormal act that they are uncomfortable in the truth because love is truth. And we cannot forget that charity is love. All of these things mm-hmm. that are kind, good, wholesome is true love. And yet to be in that environment, boy, you'll see people start sweating. They'll be so nervous because it's like, what the heck? Uh, A good example was the movie Good Will Hunting, uh, Robin Williams and Matt Damon, when he just wanted to hug him. All he wanted was a hug. And Matt Damon was so uncomfortable. He said, what are you doing? What the heck are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't make me open up and be the real me. Because this hidden me is how I've gotten through life. Think about that. That's where we are now in this nation. And it's all we have to do is accept love for what it is instead of coveting the lust that the world desires. We're not that far away from true love. We're not that far away from agape. We're not that far away from opening our hearts. But the only thing is we fear the retribution of being real. And if we have that in our hearts, then that's what our focus is because what do you got these players, you know, they got these these jack of all trades, all these people that can hurt you. And if you read, like Dad said in, in, in the scripture, we are commanded to love, even our enemies. 
You don't have to yep. lay down for them, but you do have to love them. And it's a it, it's a tightrope if you don't have Christ in your heart. I know people, like I said, I know people don't believe, but I've always seen people uh, defer to what they know instead of deferring to the commandment we've been given. If God is truly in your heart, you will adhere to him. If he is not, you will keep falling by the wayside because that's what you know. But if we are transformed and we are new creatures, like the Bible says, then we are growing in a much more positive and better direction. Yes, sir. A hundred percent. And, you know, we're afraid of being real because of being rejected. And um, you know what? Sometimes you just got to go for it regardless because at the end of the day, if your heart is able to love and it's not a hard rock in your chest, then you still win regardless of how it's interpreted. (laughs) That God will love. All right. (laughs) So the five languages of love, and we're actually running short. The show is going to end a little bit early tonight. uh, I know it. But according to Dr. Chapman, there are five ways that we want to give love and receive love, and they're not always the same for every person. And uh, if we're going to get better at this universal language, it helps to understand what those are. And they make a lot of sense. If you haven't read the book, you can grab it. It's not real expensive. It's a good read. It's actually been several years since I've read it, but I feel like you need to go take a look at it again. So the five love languages are maybe I could, maybe I do, maybe I should. Maybe you will. Maybe Maybe you won't. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Who knows? And if you're not sure after hearing this what your love language is, there's there are quizzes that you can take. Kaylin, there's even a love language military edition. They are oh, taking wow. into account all the ways to communicate about love. But here we go. The five love languages are physical touch, words mm-hmm. of affirmation, giving gifts, quality time, and acts of service. So what does that mean? So let's take physical touch, and this is this is not the eros touching. No, these are um, <laughs> these are loving touches. Um, people whose language is physical touch, um, they prefer hugs. You know, little touches on the arms. It's just that physical. It's that physical connection, holding hands. This is the way that they love. And it's one of the simplest love languages that there is because it doesn't require any words. It could be a hand on the shoulder, you know, a hand on the knee, um, you know, just just any of those things. Sometimes it goes a little it goes a little astray for uh, for sometimes for kids, especially boys who, uh, you know, they want to they want to fight you to show that they love you. That, that whole cruel to be kind thing. You know, sometimes a, a little girl comes home, well, Billy punched me. Well, honey, Billy likes you. That's why he punched you sometimes. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of how that thing goes. But, you know, massages, hand holding, that is how physical touch is expressed as a love language. So if you come across someone and you're like, man, they are super touchy. But it doesn't mean that they're weird. It, it could mean that their love language is physical oh, touch. Oh, Kaylin, she's um, a hugger. Of, they let him be. just a hugger. He's showing, he, he's showing his love and affection. Uh, words of affirmation. This includes 
people who need nice words or compliments. They want to give them. They want to receive them. That's how they're feeling love and appreciation. So, you know, how might this be when your spouse brags about you to someone else, they write you love letters, um, they use their words. These are people that are actually kind of good, not kind of, probably really good at communicating, and they tell you. They'll just be like, man, you are just the most beautiful thing in the world today. I love the way you use spices in your cooking. I just, the way you fold the towels, man, I've never seen such sharp edges on a towel. That is fantastic. Those are words of affirmation. People, you know, some people, you don't have to tell them that you love them. They can, they get it from other ways, but other people, they need to hear you say it. It's not implied. It's not implied. You have to say it compliment them, let them know. And that doesn't necessarily give them a big head. That just reinforces how you are feeling about them, how they stand up in your world. Um, Quality time. These are the people that when you take time out of your day to specifically spend it with them, that means everything to them. Your focused and undivided attention, that tells them that you love them. So if you turn off the electronics and you go for a walk, yep, you plan a special date night, you start a hobby that just only you guys do together, like that's your time. That's what tells them that they are loved. When someone makes it a point to spend time just with them, just for them, that's a love language. Um, you know, giving gifts. This is this is when someone, you know, someone comes and they they see a pin with a hot dog on it, and it's it's stupid and it's a trinket, but they thought it was cute and that you needed to have it. And they just buy it for you because they want to, because they thought of you. That's a gift giver. I happen to be a gift giver. And that's just an expression of love. I, you know, if I, and it doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. I just want to give you something, you know, some term of affection. You know, birthdays and anniversaries are huge, um, surprising them, even surprising them with treats, or they're going to surprise you with treats. Show up on your doorstep with, a baked good and a kiss to start your day. I mean, you know, if they go out of their way to buy the kind of fabric softener that you like because you just really love that smell, they're going to buy your favorite brand for you. So they might not even be specific gifts, but they just always make sure you have your favorite thing because they know that makes you happy and you want to be happy and they want you to be happy. That's how how gift givers express their love. In the same way, they may, that's how some people may interpret, you know, and love. And for some people, yeah, it's got to be an expensive gift. But for others, it's just the fact that you even remember to say happy birthday. They're like, oh, my gosh, they thought about me in their busy day. Even oh, wow. that is a gift. Even that you is a gift. You finally said it? After June 2nd, you finally said it? <laughs> oh, Kaylin. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's get this let's get this out there. I'm running out of time. June, is your birthday is June second. Oh, I've got it in my calendar month. Or is it the fourth? Is it today? No. It's the second. June second. Oh my gosh, I am so terrible. I am the worst PIC ever. Happy birthday, Kaylin. 
Happy birthday. I got to put that in my calendar. Oh, my gosh. I am so bad. I am so bad. And I haven't even been on social media to see it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to make up for that. All right. Hey. And then, you can uh, try to take the hey. poster I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes it even worse. Okay, last one here, guys. Acts of service where they do things for you. Wash your dishes, fold your clothes a certain way, do your, you know, mow the lawn. There are some people who are like, if you mow the lawn for them and you make the outside of the house look nice, they feel loved. There are wives that like, oh, my gosh, my husband took care of that for me. The lawn looks perfect. We're not the ghetto house in the neighborhood. He loves me. (laughs) You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) Acts of service, doing something nice, making a behavior change. You know, if you were in the wrong and you're like, you know what, honey, I'm going to do better on this, and then you actually do it, that's an act of service and of love. So there are the five love languages. And there's a good chance we're going to get cut off here. So I'm just going to keep talking until we do. <laughs> no, we're good until 630. Uh, shoot. But um, love is just is just so important, and we're all looking for it in different ways each and every day. We just are. Mm-hmm. We were made that way. We can try to say, oh, we don't need it. I don't love anybody. Nobody loves me. But you're fooling yourself. And, and you are fooling yourself. Uh, you know, the adversary does everything to get us isolated so he can take us out. And he's always going to look to find you when you're at your weakest. And isolation is the best time to get you. So, I mean, we like to pretend that we're in control, but we never are. If, uh, either God's in control or we're basically giving ourselves over to the adversary. And I, I know this is kind of a religious show without intending to be, especially this episode, but it's it's reality. I mean, you, you see when people are committing, committing suicide, it's very seldom they have witnesses to do so because they feel so alone that they feel like no one's ever been there for them. And, and it's so crazy because the coveting and the lusting has made them so empty inside that they think that there is no love. I mean, when you hear people that have been lusting and coveting for so long, that's one of the first things they say, you know, there is no love. Because what they've been seeking is not love. It does leave them empty, and, and they are, you know, void of that true emotion because they've never really got it enough to know what it was. Hello? Yeah, you oh. still there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. I thought more was coming, but I guess not. <laughs> well, it was, but I realized we're short on time. <laughs> That's okay. That is quite all right. And you're just true. So, I mean, in light of all that's been going on, folks, and social injustice and chaos, and, you know, there's just there's just bad stuff. And we're going to solve some things. Other things things aren't going to get solved right away, if ever. But you can't give up on it. Keep working towards it. But you have to keep love as the center of your drive. Where's the love? Where's the love? I mean, everybody's asking the question, where is the love? I mean, in that song, I haven't even thought about that song in forever. But it's exactly about 
what we're going through right now. All yes, this, this negativity and just bad, evil things going on, and they're asking, where's the love? If we had it, we wouldn't be experiencing and or doing the things that are going on right now. True. So where is it? Where is it, Kaylin? It has to be where in our is heart. it? It has Very to be. Very deep within our heart. Uh, I remember Paul was talking about putting on the full armor of God, and love was part of it. And because when we talk about charity, like I said, that's love. And if we can just give that without worrying about what we receive, it's a lot easier to love. But if we always look for it as payment, I said, then you're working a job and you're not loving anyone. And that's usually lust and coveting. You know, I, I did this, so someone should do that for me. That's not true love. It's more like a payment. And I said, that's work. And I said, if you're on the job, then, heck, you should be paid. But if you're loving people, then it really doesn't require payment. It just asks that you be that loving person because we are eager to love others. We are put on this earth to love others, not, not ourselves. We are not to be lovers of ourselves, even another scripture. We are supposed to love others. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And love your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your might. So it's pretty simple. And when we get away from it, we get away from ourselves. Because we're not being true children of God. And we should be his children at all times. We can't lay our religion down and think we ever had it. Best way to say it. So I will leave us with this this evening just to cap off what Kalen said. And he's right. We I did not intend this to be a religious show, but you can't have a show about love and not have God in the center of it. It's not going to It happen. just it doesn't work that way. We but love because he has loved us first. That's right. Well, this is not the eater. No, that's not Dr. Ruth. We're not that kind of love. This is not the eater show. show. This is not the eater <laughs> kind of love. So here it is, John 15, go. 12 to 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Amen. And with that being said, uh, chocolate. <laughs> Here we go. You see where my mind's at. Chocolate yes. doodle shout out, Kaylin. <laughs> chocolate doodle. Yeah, thanks. Way to take over my little splash. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're three for three today, Des. Wow. <laughs> I don't want oh, your poster. I won't remember your birthday. And I'm going to take over your little plug. Wow. <laughs> well, first of all, but, I but do you know want what, to I, I am. You. I apologize from the bottom of my I heart for you. not remembering this year. Thank you, Caitlin. I love, love you too. Friend. And let's get on with the chocolate, the chocolate doodle, the snickerdoodle. <laughs> the snickerdoodle. The snickerdoodle shout out. Do it. Do it. Snickerdoodle oh, shout out. Get it done. Some PIC and snickerdoodle. That's what I say. <laughs> All right, you guys. So. On behalf of just agape love, we need it everywhere. The boys from P4P Muscle, Kaylin, and myself, your body is a temple, so let's build it. With agape love.